0: This is a podcast about how we can let the life of Christ live itself out in our everyday lives. In each episode, we take an everyday topic and talk about how we are encouraged and challenged in that aspect of life to embody and reflect the characteristics of Christ. We're not perfect. We're not experts. We're regular women who are seeking, like you, to embody holiness in our everyday. So if you don't feel spiritual, if you aren't sure how to grow in holiness, Or if you just like some company on the journey,
1: then you're in the right
0: place. I'm Lindsay Lewis. I'm Lyra Lee Christensen. And I'm Susan Eaton. Thanks for being a part of the community and conversation as we learn how to embody holiness together. Well, welcome to week three of Reclaiming Joy on the Embodied Holiness podcast. And hello, ladies. Hey, glad you're here. You ready to really dig into what it takes to forgive somebody?
2: Ooh, hmm. super easy uh, forgiveness
0: right
1: yeah super easy sure we're ready we're definitely well. ready to wrap this uh, this study up though it's been a good one
0: <laughs> you're ready to wrap it but up I'm ready to wrap you're it ready up to wrap it it's up. been a little tough it's well been a here's the thing about it is reclaiming joy I don't know if we think okay I'll just Choose me some joy. I'm just going to go, yep, I choose joy today, and I'm just going to bring some joy into my life. What's really true is often before we can truly claim or reclaim joy, we have to declutter our lives. We have to do some work. We have to get out some stinky trash. We've got to make room for the things that do bring joy. Yeah. And I think that's what we've been discovering through this study is I got to face what's yucky inside of me. I've got to do some hard work. I've got to get serious with the Lord. I've got to get get serious with myself. And today, we're gonna talk about the hard stuff. The hard stuff when we're in face to face with that person who's hurt us before, or Mm. that we're holding some bitterness against. So, I came across this quote. I thought we could start with this today. This is by Lewis B. Smeeds. He says, we talk a good forgiving line as long as somebody else needs to do it. But few of us have the heart for it while we are dangling from one end of a bond broken by someone else's cruelty.
2: Wow.
0: That's a good quote. It's it is. Quote.
2: And I actually wrote in this week um, in, in the book that this is the hardest week to w- work through because bitterness and unforgiveness is an easy place to stay in. Mm. It's easier to say, "Nope, I'm writing them off. I don't have to deal with them. I'm not near them anymore. I'm not going to deal with that at all. Mm-hmm. But if you're ignoring those feelings and pretending life is okay, you're going to fool yourself that you've moved on. And they're going to show right back
0: up. Oh, yeah. And all those feelings are come flooding back. Mm-hmm. And they might come out in, in other ways you least expect and towards people. You aren't actually holding things against. Right. But maybe they remind you of someone who did something to you. Or they sound like someone who, and you get reactionary right and you've got all that stuff in there and so now you throw it all out
2: at somebody else he's just standing there they're just (laughs) they're just standing there having done that I've taken things out on my husband that he's not Mm -hmm. the reason for my anger but he's there collateral
1: damage yeah
2: he can take it right
0: oh well (laughs) the great lie they'll be fine they'll be fine I'm just gonna vent yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, forgiveness. It's hard. I give forgiveness two thumbs up <laughs> when someone else needs to do it. Right. Absolutely. Or when I need to receive forgiveness. when I need to be two forgiven. thumbs up, yeah. you should totally do that. It's a lot harder to actually enact. And I think for me, what I've discovered is it's not a one time mm. thing necessarily mm-hmm. that I have reached a point of forgiveness in many ways and like to a level that I'd never had before I you know realized how much I really was retaining and holding on to someone else's you know junk they did to me Um, but then I have to just maintain that in a sense you know the weeds will start growing up around it again if I don't tend the garden of my heart you know if I'm not paying attention to that so it's work sometimes but hashtag do the work hashtag do the work that was what we said on the retreat you know <laughs> that was our hashtag well look um how about if i just ask you guys some questions about the w- week study and let's move through it that way yeah. does that sound good okay okay so i'm just wondering um what part of this week's study was the most challenging for you or, it's, or what were some of the challenging parts who wants to go first liarly i nominate you
2: Always, I was trying to because f- I'm trying to find my book. That's uh-huh. why it's taking me so long. But the story of Jonah really resonated with me in this chapter.
0: Uh huh.
2: Because um, you easily, when you want to get angry or mad at someone, you want to fight evil with evil, and that's just such a human nature response to it. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's pretty much saying you don't fight evil with evil; you fight it with love mm-hmm. and forgiveness. Hmm. Mm. That's easier said than done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I really um, found that I struggled with the idea of this hidden anger. And the more I looked at it, because when I started this study, I thought, well, I don't really have any one person in mind that I need to forgive. Um, so I didn't know what I was going to gain out of this study. I knew something would come up. But what I recognized is that more than just one person, I have a lot of chips on my shoulders Ooh, um. that I've recognized those things are coming from a place of lacking forgiveness. And mm-hmm. so when you when you refuse to forgive and you build up um, these defenses, then other things um, can spark these really negative reactions that maybe seem unwarranted. And I thought it was funny in the book it asked... Um, what are some things that, that set you off or do you react in angry ways? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I just took one day of my life and I was, uh, slamming broken cabinet doors. Like we have these cabinets that don't want to close. And so many days I can just close them like a normal human being or, and then some days, you know, I kind of huff and puff. And then other days it's like, bang, bang, bang. I hate these cabinet doors. <laughs> this is ridiculous. We've got to get these fixed. Um, And then angry cleaning. Do any of you clean angrily? Uh Oh, Uh do not talk to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one that has to clean
2: because nobody else does. And I should give it to my husband. He cleans probably way more than I do. Um, But I get mad. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody else is, my kids are laying in their bed. And I'm the one cleaning. And I just get angrier and angrier. And then I yell at
1: them when they're like,
2: where did this all come from? We're just laying in our (laughs) bed. We were just hanging out. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And now mom's slamming the dishwasher (laughs) closed. And, you know, there's mops being the She's crazy mopping i'm the only one
2: that ever cleans around here
1: this place is a big yeah um yelling and and then i also put being passive aggressive as well that 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 comes out a lot when uh, i think when i'm not dealing with some of these things so the hidden anger it mm-hmm. it, it kind of snuck up on me as i guess hidden anger would but i realized um, maybe there there's some forgiveness that needs to happen um and some letting go that needs to happen so that I'm not keeping these chips on my shoulder and making it um really easy to be angered and um overreact to some mm-hmm. to some of these situations.
0: And you know, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who has experienced <laughs> that and who can still experience that because I mean, but that was such an eye-opening thing for me when God really did lead me into this really beautiful space of, of being able to forgive in a, in a way I had not really ever done before. I mean, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was definitely a work the Holy Spirit did in me. And after I did that, that was when I started noticing that I wasn't angry anymore. Like I had this forgiving moment where I really felt like a stronghold sort of leave my chest you know I really had this like moment where I felt something literally physically let go Wow! it was it was quite powerful hmm. and the only thing that I can connect that with is the anger yeah. that I really felt anger leave me well, one of the thoughts yeah. I had with this whole hidden
2: angers um you know God doesn't choose to hold on to the anger and bitterness toward us for our sins. So we should take that lesson lesson and forgive like he forgives us. We didn't have to earn it from him and we shouldn't make people have to earn it from us.
0: Oh gosh.
1: So are you saying that God is not in heaven slamming his cabinet doors (laughs) because he's still remembering how we've hurt him? Slamming his
0: Lindsay cabinet. (laughs) This cabinet
1: is still broken. (laughs) That, that it really is. I mean, it, it's profound because we don't expect that from Christ and he or from God. And he um, just ask us to imitate Yeah, him and we don't always nail it. I know that it's just it's such a challenge. It really is for me.
2: Yeah. Oh, it is for me, too. I think I wrote that because it's a, such a challenge to remember that he forgave us without question. And yet we just we we want to pick we want everybody on our side we want them all to know how someone hurt us we want everybody to dislike that person as much as we do when really all we're called to do is forgive them
1: Hmm. Hmm. yeah I, I really want somehow for everyone to come back and just say hey you were right and then, you know, have a like a small billboard on yeah. the interstate that says Lindsay, was, Lindsay right. was right. And really, I think I could let <laughs> it go billboard. after that. I mean, a large, a few billboards maybe, um, or some well-placed social
0: media ads. I'm going like, to make that billboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. Lindsay, you are right.
2: <laughs> and, you know, and also I thought, you know, we want we want these people to suffer as much as they have made us suffer. Yeah. And gosh, what if God did that to us? Oh. Mm.
0: mm-hmm.
2: Like that's not what he does to us at all.
1: That's exactly. mm-hmm. yeah, it's the o- a- absolute opposite of what Jesus did. Right. It is
2: so that gave me a lot of things to work on and think about.
0: <laughs> that's good. I mean that that's often a question that we ask rhetorically and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we go oh two thumbs up again I yeah. agree with that it's, that's moving you have moved me literally but I don't sit in it and actually consider the ramifications of that if I truly ap- apply that to right. my life You know, I want to back up for a minute okay. to day one because day one is about Isaac being confronted again by Abimelech and, and some of those other fellas that he'd had so much conflict with and had such a troubled past with and they show back up And so one of the things I asked was, have you ever had that happen? You've got a past with somebody. You have left the toxic relationship. You have distanced yourself from the toxic situation or the negativity that surrounded that. And you are just living your life. And they reach out in some way. How does that make you feel? Like what Are the reactions? What does that stir in you if you've had that happen? And I think Lyralee, you said a whole bunch of fear. I
2: was like a whole bunch of fear. Have they, you know, are they back to repeat what they did to me? Are they setting me up for something new? Are they going to reject me again? All kind of fear shows back up. Have you truly forgiven them if they show back up and that fear is your first response? Mm,
0: That's a good question. Mm, Yeah. Well, does it mean like just because I have a reaction to someone and I don't necessarily trust them does that automatically equal I haven't forgiven you Um, I don't know we might get a psychologist in here next time and dig down into that (laughs) you you know know, I
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with self-preservation in the sense that you want to have boundaries particularly with individuals that hurt you or situations that hurt you Um, but maybe the the distinction that we have to make is what's going on inside myself because Mm. of this situation so I may not give you the access that you had before which is wise and boundaries keep us safe yeah and Mm -hmm. that doesn't show a lack of forgiveness but is that hurt that you created or that I feel that you created Mm -hmm. what is it doing inside of me Mm -hmm. and is it creating anger in me is it making me paralyzed with fear is it affecting other situations that I have am I reacting in ways as a reaction to that that situation because that indicates to me that I haven't let let that go I haven't truly achieved forgiveness Mm -hmm. Um, and when I think about the situation am I instantly brought back to my righteous rightness (laughs) yeah pridefulness of let me rehash all the reasons that this happened or when I'm brought back to that situation am I in a place of yes that happened I learned the these things from it but it's uh, it's not hurting me anymore I've released that from myself which Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned it Susan this is not like a one and done Mm -hmm. situation it's not I've forgiven you it's all disappeared. It's rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. It's a constant work that we have to do in ourselves. And I've seen that where I've moved beyond something, but then I've allowed myself to start thinking about that situation again and bringing those ideas back and and letting that take over again. And you have to fight that back with, Mm -hmm. um, with love and fight that back with, with self-awareness and um, looking deep into yourself and not just focusing on the other person or what's outside of you.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as we keep doing that work, I'm going to go back to what you said, Larley, about I have this fear of are they going to hurt me again? Is this going to be on repeat? Like they're back. Oh, no. And I just want to read a portion of a paragraph that I found in this book about forgiveness that now I've conveniently forgotten the title of it, and I don't have it in front of me, but I do have this quote. So the book on it. forgiveness. I'll, I'll be able to find it. Yeah, just Google a book really on forgiveness. A really great one that I love that I cannot remember the name of, so I'll put it in the notes. How about that? Sounds that's, good. That's fair. Good plan. He says, when a client describes a person who has repeatedly hurt them, I will sometimes ask, what would you like the relationship with that person to be like? Clients frequently say nervously, oh, he'll never change. It's easier to slam the door on one's hope that the other person could change than it is to imagine what that change would be like. Forgiveness doesn't require that the other person change, but forgiveness does awaken the hope that the other person could change. So forgiveness feels dangerous to those who prefer tragic stories. Mm. And I think what he's saying here is that what if you can let go of the requirement that the other person has to change and you forgive because that is what is best and healthiest for you, and it is what Christ has done for us. Like you said, Lyrely, it is what we are called to if we just do it. How does that now – Enable me to change the story in my head Mm -hmm. about what is possible because i'm just like you said slamming the door i'm slamming the door on possibilities that god can do that are far beyond my ability to even imagine a work he can do in someone else a work he can do in me that is so far beyond what i think is possible
2: it's easier to not think that way, though, just to think they're never going to change. So yep. I'm going to stay who I am and they can stay who they are. And
0: and therefore I have no responsibility in this matter any longer right. because mm-hmm. they are never going to change. And so I'm out. And that is absolutely not when the disciples asked Jesus. Hey, so like, really, like how many times do we have to forgive? Is it like seven yeah, because that <laughs> like a lot—like seven did. this week. Yeah. Or like <laughs> seven He's like, this month. "No, you don't have to forgive seven times." And I can hear them all like, "Oh my oh gosh, gosh, thank goodness!" He's like, "You have to forgive seventy times, seven times." You know, it's like a perfect, endless number of you live and breathe forgiveness. That is just the way you do it. You know, this is not optional. For uh-huh. the people who want to embody not holiness, yeah. you know, Ooh. I picture
1: them pulling out their iPhones and you know doing the math, and, like, That's going disciples. like, really, holding it out, like
0: really. Do you, uh, do you, did I they don't not know. have? They didn't I don't have think they iPhones, had iPhones back, back then. then. Oh, okay, okay, maybe it was <laughs> maybe flip
2: phones, but not iPhones. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, their little stone tablet. Yeah, <laughs> what is it's it Atticus? called? Abacus. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Abacus. Abacus.
0: Abacus. What <laughs> abacus. is <it? laughs> who is
1: Atticus? That's a person. <laughs> well, I really. I I liked this here where you said we will transform the world by living in love and showing kindness in the face of another's unkindness. Because um, one of the questions you ask in the study was what's a practical step that you can take to live in love? And that made me stop and realize that, you know, forgiveness is not just going to happen. I can just, okay, I'm just going to pray that the (laughs) Lord will... Uh, will help me to forgive and then I'm going to go about my day and do the same things I've always done the ways I've always done them and I'll just wait around for the Lord to create you know provide this forgiveness his work he's got to do that's right I have to do that work I want to be the only one God working on this (laughs) um yeah so maybe maybe I need to rethink that so as I thought about what are some of the things that I can do do things for other people speak encouragement to other people, use Mm -hmm. kind words, because I want to avoid um, constantly being trapped into that negative Mm -hmm. thought process and those negative words that I'm always speaking over um, certain situations. And so just adding the the good in is going to help prevent me from entering into that bitterness. Mm -hmm. And um, I was driving down the road the other day, and I was singing in my car, and I was (laughs) laughing, and I was thinking about this study. And I thought, this is a way this Mm -hmm. is a practical way to help um, to help myself pull away from the bitterness and move toward um, gratitude and toward the love of christ which then when i'm going into these situations that maybe i'm going to be confronted with um, some of these individuals or um, experiences that have been negative and been hurtful and harmful to me that now i'm entering in in a place of gratitude in a place of joy and that's going to help me, and it's it's going to reframe those experiences rather than moving in with well, I should expect that they're probably going to behave in this way, and it's going to frustrate me, mm-hmm. or I should expect that this is probably going to happen again because it happened before, which are a lot of those stories that we tell ourselves. Yes, oh yes, and that's keeping us stuck. Mm-hmm. That's yes. keeping us stuck in in the bitterness and the anger, and um, it's allowing it to fester. So. Um, I know we've talked about play on this podcast before, (laughs) but, you know, just being joyful and letting your heart have um, some joy and some some rest from those really damaging, um, you know, very real pains Mm -hmm. can help you to move away from that bitterness. So if if we're going to pray the prayer, we're going to have to do the work and some of it will be hard and ugly, but then some of it can also be just, you know, joyful and um, embracing the fun and, and the, the gratitude that we do have. And that mm-hmm. that will spread to other people, I believe.
0: Because haven't you noticed when you hold on to the story of what someone did to you and you ruminate on it and you replay it and you stay mad? We When I do that, I get really myopic, meaning I I and maybe just that person are the only people in the world. That Mm -hmm. situation is the only situation going on right now. And I am suddenly blind to other people around me. Yeah. And then that kindness is not necessarily a part of my daily living. And if I can say, you know what, the way to start feeling better is to act opposite of the way I want to <laughs> yeah, act right yeah. now. Maybe I'm going to reach out to someone else and show love and kindness. I'm going to smile anyway. I'm going to do my best to, I'm going to pay attention to what I'm bringing in, like through my music or what I'm watching or what I'm reading, things that are going to help me get in a better space so that I can be open to the world around me. Yeah. That's one of the things when we stay angry and bitter and unforgiving and we just turn selfish and we get stuck in our heads. And when you got a world full of people, living like that. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Yep.
1: And mm-hmm. it, you know, and I think it's we need to process situations, but we don't need to keep rehashing mm-hmm. and and sometimes that comes out in gossip, I'm going to tell everybody about it. And mm-hmm. so it just keeps you pulled down into that negativity. But it's amazing when you have a day where you think I'm just I'm just going to compliment people. I'm going to tell them what good things are going on. We're going to focus on all these positive great things. It affects you mm-hmm. in a very physical and emotional and spiritual way because I mean there are so many things to be joyful about and it it will help us to heal ourselves in that way mm-hmm. or help us to allow the Lord to heal us.
0: My favorite quote from the book The Soul of Money is we think we live in our circumstances, really we live in the conversations we generate about our oh, circumstances. Oh, wow. Yeah, It's the conversations wow. I'm having with the people around me about what so and so did or what the world is like and what people groups I'm going to hate or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's where I live. So right? what kind of conversations am I having? Not productive ones. Right. I need to, I need to focus on that because if I take inventory over my day and i think about the conversations i've had i think we'll all be very convicted um in terms of the the space you're living in it'll be very revealing about what you're choosing well Mm -hmm. in the title
1: reclaiming joy Mm -hmm. indicates that the joy is there it's ours Mm -hmm. but we have to reclaim it from bitterness anger hurt um all of these, you know, negative things that have a, a, outshadowed that joy. The joy never went away, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but we have to reclaim it, and that's that's really like the underlying idea mm-hmm. of the entire study.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Larly, what was the most life-giving part for you?
1: It was
2: um, really working through that you know i need to invite god to work through this anger with me and i love when you say that god has all the time in the world he has all the time you need to work through this Mm -hmm. as someone i like to process feelings and situations and um it was nice to read and and to learn that forgiveness doesn't happen on any scheduled time um and everybody's made to feel like it has to happen immediately Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily the truth there is work to do Mm -hmm. during forgiveness and it's just you just don't wake up and say Forgiven, done, let's move on. Mm -hmm. There's a process you have to go through and God is there to go through it with you.
0: Mm -hmm. I found this before I ever wrote my book, but it's how to pray for someone who hurt you. And um, Crystal McGowan wrote this and she's a therapist. I think she lives in Portland, Oregon, but it's a 21 day prayer journey to let go of the past and redefine your relationships, your attitude and your faith. And so it is 21 days of guided prayer. And she even has a little blank, you know, periodically through her prayer for you to insert your name or to insert someone else's name, that person that you're having that conflict with or that struggle with. And this has been such a powerful thing for me. It is very hard to practice it regularly. I Mm -hmm. will be honest. But when I do, when I get my head back in the game and I'm like, right, Lord, oh my goodness, I've been retaining too much stinky stuff now my it's coming out you know (laughs) um then I get back to this and how it eases my soul and puts me back in the right state of mind so I can walk around with the right perspective of love for people, um, so I know I gave these out. I know each of you has I, a copy of this because I gave them out on the retreat. But I think she's reformatted it and it looks different now. But I know that it's available on Amazon. How to pray for someone who hurt you by Crystal McGowan. And most of us could probably fill up several, several I, books. I was
2: thinking or, yeah. maybe you should write in pencil <laughs> so we can, yeah, erase and start over.
0: You. Definitely need to write in pencil because you're going to have more people you're going to need to go through that with. And the thing is, don't buy that book expecting that Crystal is going to do your work for you. This is a book that gets you to do the work. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like embracing all those truths of Scripture that are the life giving thing so that you can let go of the other. And the more you embrace this kind of stuff, the truth of Christ and what he teaches us. E- the easier it is to purge from your life. Yeah. Those other things because they can't coincide in the same space. We said that in the study, mm-hmm. you know, they can't love and contempt, love, hate, love, and bitterness. Those can't coincide in the same space. Mm-hmm. And
2: you wrote this so beautifully in the book that we will not <laughs> transform this world around us or build God's kingdom by partnering with the spiritual forces of wickedness through seeking revenge and, Hanging on to bitterness or withholding from good from people. We will transform the world by living in love and showing kindness in the faces of other others' unkindness. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good word. It is. Amen. <laughs> Even if it's your own. Some you really profound still woman wrote that. I good love job. y'all so much. <laughs> I really wish in many ways that every single day of my life I was the woman who wrote this book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It It is very convicting to have shared with the world what God led me through and the things I learned and to then realize I need to maintain this. We still yes. have. So much I need more to, to learn. maintain this. Yeah. It's an ongoing process. So thank you all for doing the study again and um, having a conversation about about it. And I hope it was helpful to everyone listening. Um, definitely a topic that. Um hits all of us yeah absolutely yeah definitely does so you guys good luck in reclaiming your joy and you know what you can find us on social media and if you've got questions or if you want to just have more conversations about it you're welcome to reach out to any of us right yes i just opened y'all wide up to the world let's do it (laughs) let's hear from you
1: Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Embodied Holiness. You can find all the episodes as well as links to resources and bonus materials on our website at embodiedholiness.com. We also invite you to join the community on
0: Instagram at Embodied Holiness. We'll see you there.